good-hearted person is not going to be in charge of an African nation. That's yeah. just that's but just a fact. Can, you know, um, let me say, being sarcastic, as Africans are prayerful, we can pray that the good people get <laughs> <laughs> into power, and you know. back to the second episode of Next Stop Africa. I am your gracious host, Amy Kikoma. I'm Congolese. Um, my co-host, Benny, she's MIA today. She overslept, but she said she's going to show up. So if she walks in and randomly starts talking, no surprises, please. But um, she's Rondi's. Um, I'm here with Ludin, who's Dominican and Puerto Rican, and Malik, who's Sudanese. Today we have two special guests uh, from Tanzania. Uh, the first one is Ashri, and the second one, I hope I do not butcher this. If I do, please yell at me, <laughs> Barke. Is that, uh, there we go, <laughs> I remember. Oh look, here comes Benny, <laughs> later than usual. But make sure that you checked out our last episode, <laughs> which was on Kenya. You know, it's very informative. Um, make sure you're leaving us some good ratings, like we always say. You know, five stars, nothing less. Otherwise, you know, just keep it to yourself. Uh, so today, before we jump into the topic, I had this idea that, you know, to to get everybody uh, a little bit interactive right at the beginning of each episode, you know, so that way, you know, each each other doesn't feel stagnant or lectury. Um came up with like a, a quick trivia question, brain teaser, to to see how well do you actually know Africa. <laughs> so do not take long to answer the question. If you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> That's okay. You know what I mean? Uh, I think we're all here to learn. And um, you know, it's fun. You know what I'm saying? So but there's one person on here who I believe should know the answers. So I'm not going to say who, but if you don't know, I'm going to be judging you. <laughs> here we go. Are you guys ready? Cool. So here's my uh, trivia question of the day. Name all the countries that start with the letter B. Okay. Nobody's going to answer first. Ashley, since you're already <laughs> not muted. Uh, Benin. Uh-huh. Uh, Burundi. Okay. And what else? Benin and Burundi. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, Benny, since you came in late. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry for being late. Um, Benin, Burundi. I mean, you took his answers, but that's okay. I gotta do this better next time. We, we might have to like write them down and then you show me because <laughs> this is this is terrible. Uh, Malik. Okay, uh, Barke. First of all, is there another one with a Yeah, I mean they already they already said they already said three. I can't really think of another one. Okay, I respect that. You see, Luden. All right, before anything, I just want to preface this by saying Bro, that it's, okay. it's terrible in, uh, in global <laughs> history and uh, and uh, regional map and everything. 
So never ask me questions about <laughs> different countries or anything like that around the world because I am terrible. Um, I'm just own up to it and say I have no idea. Ah, uh, see, that's very respectable. All right, so <laughs> you guys had most of them. I think the last one you guys were missing was uh, Burkina Faso. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's act like we remembered. <laughs> I like everyone's aha moment. Everyone's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> remember, yeah, no, that's okay. But yeah, um, so honestly, uh, the the point the point of this, um, I guess this test, I was talking to a friend of mine, and then um, you know, she was jokingly saying she was more African than me. So I like to put people to a test. You know what I mean? So I wanted to know how well did she know Africa? You know what I mean? And she didn't know it very well. So <laughs> Emmy, um, name all the countries that starts with the letter Z in Africa. Uh, Zimbabwe, Zambia. Come on, stop playing with me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, stop playing with me. Come on. Come on. But anyway, thanks for trying to test me and embarrass me. Um with that, uh, we're gonna kind of hop into the, the episode today. Um, we're gonna start off with Benny giving us a very brief, brief, brief kind of description of uh, important things that she found uh, regarding culture, language, food, uh, etc. in uh, Tanzania. So, Benny. So, if I make any mistake, please do correct me. Um, I'll try my best not to mispronounce anything, but Tanzania is surrounded by Uganda, Kenya, and other countries. The two official languages, which is Swahili and English, are the most spoken languages in Africa anyway. So Swahili language is a derivative of Arabic and also other Bantu languages. So Tanzania is composed of a lot of cultures. As you can see, there's a lot of Arab people, there's Bantu people, there's Nalotic people, there's a Sanu people, and I believe also saw that there were Kushit people who are also originated from Ethiopia. Tanzania people from the way I know them and I interacted with them are really friendly. But one thing that you will know if you are a Swahili speaking person, you're gonna always be corrected by Tanzanian on how you say things. Basically, the way you see American trying to correct all English speaking people how to say things, that's how Tanzanians are in Africa. So if you mispronounce something or if you say something different, Tanzanian are gonna come and correct you. So I wanted to show this as an example. Uh, Amy, how do you usually, <laughs> And how do you usually say water? My. <laughs> okay, so my Tanzanian friends, how do you say water? My. My. Ah. Okay. That's the Tanzanian. So, yeah. Another thing I found out about Tanzanian is their food. Um, Just like any other East African country, Ugali is staple food for them. They like Sukumawiki. The way I say they have a lot of influence on Arab culture is the same way they have a lot of influence from Asian, especially the Indian people. Uh, you will see that they have chapati and samosas, which are from India, but now they've been changed 
and made traditional way the way we see it in African culture. So it's totally different, but still you can you can still give them the credit of being originated from the Indian culture. Um, so I'll hop in and uh, do like an interesting fact that I found about um the geography. I think this is like uh, it's normal. I think everybody knows it. I think I just found out this morning because I just looked it up this morning. Um, <laughs> Mount Kilimanjaro is the highest point in Africa and one of only two mountains on the continent that has glaciers. The other one is in uh, Kenya, I believe. But yeah, uh, Malik, you could hop in with the, with the politics and uh, history real quick. Um, Tanzania officially gained independence in 1961 and in the same year, uh, Mwalimu Nyerere, Julius Nyerere became the president, sorry. All right, so Tanzania is still a hybrid regime, like the government of Tanzania is still a hybrid regime. Like in the last episode that we had on Kenya, um, we discussed what a hybrid regime is, but I'll go ahead and try to remind you guys. A hybrid regime is a democracy or a, a type of government that hasn't fully transitioned from an authoritarian type of rule. So it's not fully um, a democratic uh, republic just like Kenya. Yeah, and uh, I wanted to mention the Maji Maji Rebellion because I thought it was mentioning, mostly because- <laughs> Stop, stop. <laughs> We're not gonna do that. So, um, as one of the biggest rebellions against European rule. So it ended in 1907 and it was brought about because I mean, it was caused by the German uh, rule, which was direct and very brutal. It's estimated that about 180,000 to 300,000 people died in the rebellion. Then uh, Tanzania is still predominantly uh, a socialist country right now, but it's sort of mixed. Uh, sorry, 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 you have something to say? I, I said you forgot the, the whole Majimaji thing, like the main, the main thing, as the reason as to why it, it was called Majimaji. Uh, uh -huh. it, this story, that is, that is believed that uh, this guy called Kinjekiwe Ngware uh, told the uh, told his army that w w whenever they are shot at by the Germans, they should say uh, "maji maji," like water, water. So saying that to uh, will will make them a, what immune to 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 bullets, so they won't die. So like that's how they went into war, thinking that saying "maji maji" would save them. That's the thing. Uh, but I have a question because in history class back in Uganda, I learned that uh, I don't know if Benita can remember this, but uh, we were told that they would sort of bathe in some river. Yeah, they they they'll 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 bath first, then going to her, they would have to to take maji maji at their own weapon, like saying maji maji. Then after you you shoot, then it won't hurt you because like maji was some some iron maji. Yeah, so uh, after the rebellion, Tanzanians were not necessarily free because the British took over from the Germans after that. So, uh, but they finally gained independence. This was in 1907 when the Majimaji rebellion ended, but they finally gained independence in uh, 1961. It's uh, my, my, but <laughs> <laughs> who am I? Who am I to correct anybody? Um... <laughs> <laughs> so before we, uh dive into the the questions that I had for you guys today um I just wanted to give you guys uh, a chance to kind of give a little background on yourselves so uh Malik told us that uh you guys both have degrees in uh, petroleum engineering and um 
Barkay, uh, you currently work in banking. Um, Ashri, I mean, if you don't mind, uh, what, what do you currently do? Um, just business. I'm an entrepreneur. Okay. Are you allowed to say what kind of business? So I got to sound like an NDA or like... Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, okay. I do a lot of, uh, all of kind of business, not just one particular business. Like they sell crops. Okay. Crops and there is timber business. That, okay. Yeah. So I, I guess uh, a question for the both of you. How did you guys, I guess, end up in your respective fields from, from, from I guess, um, where you were, like with the degree? Because essentially, like a lot of times on each episode, we like to kind of dive into the um, educational system, you know, I guess here in the States, you know, or how I could compare it is um, right now, the value of a bachelor degree has gone down, right? Like you can get a bachelor degree and you're not going to be, you're not really going to do anything with it, right? So now a lot of companies are kind of expecting people to to have like a master's or something, you know? So a master's has become like the new, the new bachelor's, you know what I mean? So I guess for the, for the listeners is understanding, you know, like I personally think the, you know, the education system in Africa is, is tougher, you know, than, and that's why you guys, anybody that did study in that curriculum is smarter, I feel. Um, again, if you ever listen to uh, what was it like the second episode or something? Um, I had on there my friend Sarah, who studied, who grew up in uh, Morocco, studied there, and um, we took physics together, and she was ace in physics, like it was nothing, you know what I mean? Like, so till this till today, she's still the smartest person I've ever met in my entire life, you know what I mean? So, so I know the curriculum there is like it's tougher. So, I want people to understand, like you know getting a degree in something does not, you know, necessarily determine like where you will end up, you know? So I guess that's where the question is kind of coming from. If you're not comfortable answering the question, that's fine. But, you know, I figured I kind of pose the question. So um, I, I think for me, um, I don't think I, I ever dreamed of becoming an engineer, like an engineer, an engineer. So it just, it just happened that I got here. But then last year after we came back for, uh, because of the COVID thing, I had so much time spending home because online, we had like two or three online classes a day. So I thought, why can't I just do other things with this uh, free time that I have? So then I started business using the, uh, actually using the school fees. I was given the school fees, but then I delayed paying and I started with that as a capital. But then with time, it got interesting. So uh I just graduated this year on, was it June? But then I was, ah, I can't, you know, they <laughs> searching for jobs and stuff while I'm, I'm already making money from this thing that I'm doing. I thought, yeah, let me just keep on doing this. So yeah, I'll use it someday in the future, but yeah, not at the, not at the moment now. <laughs> as African, especially as Africans who are in the U.S., like having African parents, what you did will be considered almost like the gravest mistake. Number one, <laughs> there's three options that African parents usually give us. Either you be the doctor, you be an engineer, or you be the lawyer. So you had an opportunity to be an engineer and 
you refuse to be in the field. That one will get you disowned in the family. And the second time you're here admitting that you use your tuition to start a business, I'm telling you as an African, um, knowing my African parents, I think my mom will never speak to me. How was your parents' reaction to all that action? No, they, they came around. I think I told them this year. I, because I started the business last year, but then after I saw the progress was good, I after I graduated, because they, they used that money, then I circulated it in my business. Then after I paid the tuition. So like, you, you know, everything went well. But then this year, after I graduated, they told me why are you not looking for jobs and stuff. I told them, now nah, I have this. I started since last year using you, uh, the tuition fees that you, you are giving me. But yeah, it's all cool now. So they, yeah, okay. As long as you're making money, it's okay. <laughs> so, well, what are the chances that you would have told them if the business hadn't worked out? I guess we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, listen, all about positivity here. And uh, honestly, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, I don't want to speak for everybody, but, you know, most of the Africans that I know, a lot of the fields that they get, they get into is kind of, you know, forced from the parents. So you figuring that out early and, um, you know, getting a degree and uh, still kind of pursuing what, what you felt was right. I think that's very, very important. So. Uh, we're going to get into the topic for today. Uh, we were kind of wanted to look at um, the economy, banking um, in Tanzania itself. So uh, I know Ludin had, uh, <laughs> I know you had uh, some important findings that you wanted to kind of kick off this uh, conversation with so we could kind of segue into the. Right. So I think the important thing is it's to kind of like lay some groundwork in case people who aren't familiar with like currency, the equivalency, um, and just pay respect to some of the information that was kind of out there, um, especially since for right now, a lot of the people listening are kind of like in the U.S. and, you know, understanding that differences between um, TSZ, um, which one thing that to note is the currency equivalent, well, I should say the currency exchange between the two is that one US dollar for all the monetary that we're going to be talking. Um, just keep in mind that one US dollar is equivalent to about 2,332 TSD. Um, so just kind of keep that in mind when we're talking about like all the different uh, kind of currency uh, uh, money and everything like that. What's up, Amy? Uh, I think it's TZS. What, what did they say? <laughs> TSD. <laughs> no, wait. Oh. <laughs> oh all right amy just take it from here <laughs> no i think yeah it, it's, it's hard to remember i can't lie it's hard to remember but yes it is tzs all right um so just kind of keep in mind that uh tzs is 2332 is equivalent to one dollar so when we talk about a lot of that high money value in this conversation in terms of economy, just kind of keep that in the back of your head. But one thing that was really interesting was in 2021, um, and Amy correct me on my facts about this, there was almost about 20.8 trillion TZS that were made in terms of loans, 
advances and overdrafts. And for the people that aren't like, you know, very world versatile, like in the world of finance and stuff like that, just like overdraft fees, advance fees, loans, and all that kind of stuff. It was 20.8 TZS that were made. And that's equivalent to about like $8.9 billion. And in the US, $8.8 billion is gained from the citizens with just overdraft fees. So just kind of put that into perspective when we're like talking about that. Um, I just wanted to talk about some like high level stuff because we'll probably get into more uh, more in-depth conversation of the economy, but just something to kind of keep in mind of when we're talking about this whole economy. So with that in mind, right, um, with that um, amount of money that, you know, the banks had made, right? And I guess um, in 2020, 2021, you know, the pandemic year, there was a growth period for the country. The operating income increased by like 58.8%. So that's about like 1.1 trillion TZS. Um, so it's looking like the economy looks good. You know what I mean? Um, so obviously um, I'm a skeptic. <laughs> I like to I like to kind of understand, you know, where exactly that money is going, you know? So first question for you guys, do you think or do you feel that the money that that the economy is showing to have gained is felt by the country? And before yeah. anyone answers, not to cut you off, Amy, yeah. one thing that I think is also important that I don't think that we forgot to mention was that all that growth and money that we're talking about, we're talking about like post, we're talking about COVID, post-COVID, so like 2020 to like 2021 period. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about like after this pandemic happened that we see like this surge of like of increase of money. So it's just like, okay, cool. We're seeing this money. Now, is it being used like how it should be? So right. just so to put that in perspective. Yeah, so so it's kind of like um, is the regular person, you know, in the country kind of feeling that economic growth, or is it still kind of like, you know, um, I guess, I guess you could call it the top one percent is the one that's feeling the the economic growth, and like everybody else is still on the same level that they were at. No, as I was listening to what you were saying, uh, I just heard, was it yesterday or the day before yesterday from the news, we were actually uh, at the lower, I think it was lower medium income, but now we have, uh, we have, uh, we have, uh, we have fallen back to the upper low income. We, we, we have fallen to, is, I don't remember the exact figures, but it's somewhere around 9,009 hundred and something USD but before we were we were at uh, 10,000 and something and uh, for you to be considered as uh, lower medium income it has to be above 10,000 in which uh, our fellow Kenyans are at 15 15,000 and something so like that's a bad news to start with and then on the question uh, does the economy reflect uh, reflect the living of the of most people. I, I don't think a lot of people will agree to that because I don't. We used to so many things used to be different before. I think uh, and now the countries, uh, what the the government and stuff, they, they are trying to navigate 
through this uh, post-COVID thing. So that's why this hybrid now, for example, we we, we didn't choose to have uh, tags in these uh, internet bundles. We didn't have, we didn't have tags in uh, banking and transactions and stuff. But now we, we do have we do have those and like they're huge. People have been complaining about that and stuff. So I I don't think you'd say the the income of the country reflects the living of the of the normal people. Maybe yeah, maybe the one percent. But like as for me, nah, I wouldn't I wouldn't support that. Well, uh, from my side, I just had a question for either Ashari or Barke. The Ashari, you mentioned that. Uh, there's, they've started taxing even internet bundles and everything. I mean, I heard that happening in Uganda too. Um, a couple of, uh, it started from last year, I think. No, last year, but one. It was introduced by the current president, Museveni. And many people are not happy about that. Um, people started using um, VPNs like we've been using in China. So is this a policy that came with the new president or has it been there with the recent, I mean, the previous uh, leader? the taxes i mean no uh, like i'm not i'm not complaining about the taxes and stuff but there there could have been a way in which they, they could have introduced it and for it to be accepted worldwide like the, the country but like imagine like yesterday you had no no tax at all but then the next day you're being charged like 20 percent uh, off of what you used to pay you used to normally pay and like that's it doesn't sound okay like there, there should have been a way uh, of them introducing it. I think in which uh, the citizens wouldn't have complained a lot, but but like it just came as a sudden thing, as we, we didn't see it coming. Like it just happened, and that's that, that's where the problem came. Yeah. I mean, it totally makes sense for like the citizens to be, you know, upset about like unpresented tax just coming up, but also like understanding on the fact that majority of the world is still struggling uh, financially because of a COVID. A lot of people lost jobs, a lot of business um, went out of business. Um, so that high jump of a tax on an average person, most of them who are already struggling to meet their ends meet, to be able to put a plate of food on their children's lap, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough on the citizens. But also the understanding is that most of the time African governments, they just do things because they wanna do it. They don't have uh, their citizens involved in the discussions or even at least give them like a warning or also maybe trying to be considerate with the fact that all these jobs and all these financial strains that have been as a result of COVID-19, maybe this was not the best time to introduce it, maybe delaying the taxes to start, let's say, next year, after they see that there's an actual um, increase in the standard of living of the average population in their country. Um, I think what everyone's been kind of noting has been like super great, so thank you all um for that i think the other the other thing too to kind of keep in mind when talking about all of this is that from our end you know from the west are you know seeing that okay great you know they're they're making money they have 
you know, 2.8, you know, uh, TZS in profit. Like that's, you know, that's great. But then you hear like, you know, it, it isn't being reflected and that people are getting charged all this uh, amount of money, that 20% um, that they were talking about. So it's just like, is this kind of a, of a conversation of that, you know, is money the root um, of like evil or like, you know, obsession when it comes to like power and stuff like that. And then you can get into corruption about like, is that behind like money? Is that behind power? Is that behind the individual? Like, and just gets the whole like conversation that everyone talks about is money evil is like, excuse me, is finance and all of that, like part of that kind of corruption or it, or is the power that cause money to get corrupted and stuff like that? Sorry, this is just kind of be like intermingling, like, you know, like the whole philosophy of like finance because they're like so intertwined. And especially when it comes to perception where like one side sees one thing, another side sees another thing. And it's just like, okay, well, let's look at it from a very like macro scale, um, you know, get it, macro jokes. <laughs> um, so just looking at it from like the grand scale things. So, yeah. Just something to kind of keep in mind and point out. So, excuse me for my dad joke. I, I just, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> so, okay. I think I'm, I'm thinking out loud, right? Would you say that um, taxes are like a westernized ideology? 1,000%. Like, <laughs> so... So okay. right, so so I, yeah, sorry. Uh, one one more thought, and then then you can go. So, I think now, right? I think now we can understand where the frustration is coming from, right? So if you've lived your whole life not having to worry about taxes, and then all of a sudden, you know, the people in charge, you know, they get they get this idea to make a little extra money. You know what I mean? I think, I think that's wrong. I think what I wanted to say, um goes in uh, in the lines similar to the government has to uh, has to get the money somehow so taxing in it in in itself isn't a bad thing but it has to be a relevant a relevant tax like you can't charge someone sending like 10 10 Tanzanian shillings the same amount you're charging someone who's sending like five million and something like that so the thing is, Okay, tax has to be there, but the way the way it the, the, the way they collect that tax that's the problem. I think that, that that's where the problem comes. Yeah, so I think. Can I... Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Okay, but the fact is, yes, Tanzania, we do have all these resources. We have a lot of natural resources, but the problem is we lack the equipment and the machinery to be able to get those resources and be able to export them. That's why other countries come into Tanzania and they'll be like, we have the machines and we have the means to take all these natural resources. But then because of, I guess, the government and everything, like obviously the other countries are going to be able to take a large portion of that. And that becomes an issue. Yeah, so uh, I guess I guess for me, it was like, um, you could, you could, place tariffs right isn't that isn't that what typically people do like when they're <laughs> is that that's not how that works like import export don't you put like you know increase like, oh tariffs yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something? yeah right mm -hmm. right so again so that's that's the problem right i think 
I think you can find the balance where you can lower the the taxes and increase the tariffs, right? Uh, uh, what, what is? No, the tariffs. The tariffs is gonna be on the goods imported. We're talking no, about. but if right, but if you're exporting something, but they're not exporting anything. The issue is our African countries. Most of the things we import more than we export. So if we increase tariffs. An average person life standard is going to be affected. You know why? Majority of things like rice, um, even like spaghettis, all those things are imported from different countries, especially Asia, right? You increase tariffs, the average price on one kilo of rice is going to skyrocket. How many African people are going to starve if you increase tariffs? A lot of them. The only thing I'm saying Increasing tariff is not the best thing. The tax is inevitable, especially if we're trying to use the market economy and capitalism. It's gonna be there, but use as um actually say, like make it make it sense, you know, like what kind of taxes you're putting there. Versus also as we're saying, like, oh, we have natural resources, but we don't have machines. To actually use to produce what we need in order to do the export all these loans are coming and they're not being used correctly if you're taking loans you can use the loans to actually make those machinery that you need that way you can produce enough resources and have a lot of export if we are able to produce enough as africans and export increase our export that way we can generate a lot of income and then we can lower those taxes but until we're able to do that, the taxes are gonna be there. It's inevitable. The, the government is not gonna be able to run. Otherwise, they will just be in the negatives because they'll keep getting loans, getting loans, and there's no anything being made. So the only way they can show, hey, the government is making money is to show we're getting money from taxes. I mean, I don't think the government I mean, in the first place, if you're getting loans, that means you're investing in certain um, projects within the country, right? I don't think you would um, get the money and it just vanishes. Okay, this is a problem that we have in very many African countries where money comes in and it vanishes. You don't know where it's gone. You don't see any results. Yeah. But I think the people should rise up. You Tanzanians are very good at that. Yeah. East Africans <laughs> in general, you know? I mean, you should, you should ask where, where the money is going to, you know, where the loans are going to, like how are, how are they being spent? Because that's what you'd be paying back, not inhibiting more taxes to the poor, lower income people. I mean, the times are bad. We know that the pandemic destroyed a lot of economies around the world and worse off African economies, which were already terrible in the first place. So I don't believe taxes have to be inevitable, like Benita said. I think it's a question of what are you taxing people? Why are you taxing like taxing people? Um, it's not a, a question of there should be more taxes in the country, I think. Uh, when I think about it, yeah, I, for me, again, I feel like these, uh, the heavy ta taxes that they're, they're imposing to, to people, it's like them trying to take an easy way out. Because like, there are a lot of things that they could have done differently for it to not be that. Because uh, for example, there's this thing, I don't remember the year exactly, but it was somewhere in the 2015, was it 2016? We have this Tanzanite. Uh, it's, Tanzanite it's called Tanzanite for a reason. It's only found here in Tanzania. But somehow 
India uh, in, in that year, India were the ones were the, the ones leading in its production, production of Tanzanite. So like, how does how how does that happen? It's it, it's it is only found in Tanzania, but then India somehow becomes uh, tops in its production. So like you could see there, there are a lot of things in management and governance that are missed that, that are failing. And so instead to cover those up, they just, you know, find an easy way out and, you know, they, what, the normal people can, can, can do anything about it. Like you just complain for a day or two and then you, you go with it. Because I remember when they first in, introduced these taxes and, and stuff, people really complained like online and stuff, but I don't know, somehow it ended there. Now people are cool. So now it's tax plus the bundles have been lowered. For example, today I was trying to uh, to to buy a bundle for this whole thing. Then I don't know, it used to be for ten thousand, you get uh, you, you get five GBs. Before it was seven GBs, then it got down to seven to, to five. Now it's four, and they do that without any like any without without even giving information. You just yeah, you just wake up and you find things have changed. So like that's I don't know. It, feels like we're just here it's eh, like modern slavery and stuff you just yeah you go along with it with the whole thing yeah asher you've mentioned the uh, tanzanite or should i call it the vibranium um yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's only found in tanzania yes um yeah. but it reminded me of this uh, case where um a company uh, you'll you'll correct me because i don't i don't think i remember the name well of the company <laughs> I think it was during the reign of uh, Magufuli or the previous president before the current one. Um, yeah. There was a company, a foreign company that was mining. Um, it's one of the biggest mining companies in the world that was operating in Tanzania, uh, mining uh, diamond, I believe. Um, they were kind of caught in a scandal where they were not paying taxes and other, um, other. let me say, they were not paying taxes um, and they were not, I think they were kind of um, hiding the books. I don't know if those in in banking and whatever doing econ economics will correct me um they were they were not giving the actual figures of how much they were making from uh, from the mines right from yeah. the mining operations yeah. but many people um kind of i mean it was trending all over twitter from what i remember and the country i think traveled to meet the heads of this uh, this this company but when he came back it's like that whole thing just died down um was there any more um uh, were there were there any more things that were revealed about this scandal, or did it just die down like it did back? Yeah, I don't remember exactly, but I think was it the one which they said um they were taking the minerals as dust. They they said uh they take it as dust. Right. They buy it as dust. It's not like it, right. the, so the, its value is uh, its value decreases. But then once they go there, uh, it turns out to be a, the, the real thing. So like you 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 can see there is. It's all about what governance or management, because like, how would you let them take take it as a dust, fly it out to their country, and say say, say it, it was a dust, unless there were there were people involved who were I don't know who were benefiting from it. So like, that, that, I don't know. That's how it was. Um, is there anything that the current president is saying or doing about it, especially with these foreign companies that are operating within the country? I don't know. I haven't heard a thing, but. They said they're trying to to fix things. They're, they're trying to change because I remember the uh, 
was it yeah magufuli he, he decided to build a wall around the the whole mining place but i don't i, I don't think that that's really helping because it was never it was it was never about physical stealing it was more in the books people knew i guess know. we should have learned from trump that walls never really worked out huh? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways he tried so kudos to him so um while we're on the topic of um of foreign countries um invading um <laughs> uh, so right now uh i guess the the biggest powerhouse right now that's um slowly but surely overtaken africa as uh as china um so second question for you guys um how do you guys feel about the port that uh china has proposed to develop there which um again uh what's the former president's name uh, magufuli so he had um he had halted the project right because he felt like the <laughs> he felt the agreement did not <laughs> did not make sense right between uh between tanzania and the and the company uh the chinese company that was gonna um take i guess take the project so i think well his word was like uh the agreement was uh exploitive to the country which you know i respect you yeah. know i respect and then now the current president has promised to re-kick off that that project but it's been like a year since he's made that uh that statement that he's gonna you know start that project over um real quick for my own opinion i think you know he's in their pocket uh so he's clearly gonna make he's gonna make a little something off of this you know that's 100 sure 100 sure uh so i guess well, what's the climate like i guess out there for how do people feel about that um do they feel the way i feel which i think is you know is a terrible 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 thing to do because um essentially from my understanding uh, i think this is basically how it happens um if i if i come in i give you money i'm like yo i'm gonna help you i'm gonna help you build this port here right to help you better um export things out import things in oh i'm gonna help you i'm gonna give you money so you can build these roads this and the third but in exchange i'm gonna own the port yeah that's not a fair trade at all <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean that's a, that doesn't even make sense at all <laughs> you know so i guess that's the question really i want to understand like how how do people feel about that out there and um i guess your own opinion to like how do you feel about it, what's going on well it, it became huge i think it is it was one of the calls that caused the um the speaker to step down speak of the parliament to step down because uh it was somehow uh, it somehow seemed like he was he was uh, trying to go against the president and yeah it escalated into him having to step down but th- th- that's the thing about politics because when magufuli was here uh, uh he said that, okay it was a good thing to be done but like the demands their demands were, were 
had to be made because I, I don't remember exactly the details, but I think one of them was uh, after that, after they, 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 they built that thing, uh, it meant automatically for this, the, uh, the port of Teresa, which is like the biggest hint and, and most of, uh, most of things go through that port. Like uh, the, that port would have to be second to the, the ones the, the, the one the Chinese were building. So th that's why he said no. But apparently after he, he died, somehow those, I don't know, I don't, if they changed the, 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 the requirement or whatever, it was, I don't know. But I would say for, for a lot of people are, are still against the, 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 the whole thing. Cause they're saying if what Magufuli said was true, if the requirement they said during back then, whereas the, the way Magufuli said them, it doesn't make sense for it, for us to go forward with it now that he has he has passed. So like yeah, you can tell this there has to be something there in between. If if at all the 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 requirements haven't changed at all. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, real quick. Uh, before I I have a, another question. How how did he pass? Yeah, he died out of. I think he had a heart complication. It, it's suspicious it, to me. No, and they nah, say, no, no, no. They say they, it's just something that was known. Like he, he himself knew. Of course he would know, yeah. It was, it was something that he had. And I don't know, you could, you could, you could tell that he knew. I think he knew he was, he yeah. knew he had a problem and he knew it was, uh, he wouldn't make it to 10 years because like he kept saying this from time to time. But I, I don't know, I'm just trying, like, that's my, my opinion, but mm. I can actually knew the whole thing. And mm. that's why his, uh, his, uh, his governance was different. For me, it feels like he had nothing to lose. Yeah. Well, honestly, like it's rare, you know, to see, you know, an African politician like go against something like that. So, mm. so I obviously know, you know, something was up. And um, obviously, <laughs> like if I was in China's shoes, obviously that would be you know the kind of contract that was set up right like i give yeah. you money i own the port like that you know that kind of yeah well yeah um i mean for me that was oh yeah yeah go ahead bro yeah um i just wanted to ask like uh if you guys believe that the method that china is taking by giving africa loans so many loans um them taking over it's kind of a form of modern day colonialism it's been referred to that way by very many people online um, i don't mean the tinfoil hat kind of people i mean even specialists in economy and uh, history so do you guys think it's uh it's pretty much what's happening and what do you guys think africans can do um because there are some of the few countries that have had this uh, issue where um uh, resources have been taken over as a way of repaying those loans. So what do you guys think? Absolutely. I don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was the last episode with Nathan that was talking to us how like everybody was signed on to like a 50 year debt or something like that is what it was, if I remember correctly. And it was like, from the day that you're born, like you already have debt, like that, <laughs> like that's crazy. And like, you hear this as well, where you're like, hearing everyone like slowly but surely saying like okay yeah we'll give you this piece of the pie 
you know, we'll give you a little bit of this loan. We'll manage this. We'll give you a little bit of this loan for, you know, to help out with this and this and that. And it's just like Malik is saying, it's like modern day slavery because when someone owes you money and you have loans, student loans and all that kind of stuff, and you have just that on top of you, there's just like this emotional and like mental like chain on you that you feel on it. So it's just like, that's just like, a yeah, it's, let me not, let me even not get started. <laughs> One thing I would like to say is that when we look at the colonialism of slavery back then, the end, we draw parallel to now, what would be said is that when the Western countries came as colonialists to Africa, the first thing we do pledge will be like, oh, they made a sign we couldn't read. Um, they wrote in languages we couldn't understand. So our leaders signed on things that they didn't know they were signing on versus now we understand their language, we write their language. So whatever we're signing up, we know what we're doing. It's just the selfish part because hey, I'm gonna sign out this 12 billion or 20 billion and I'm gonna put it to be paid in the next 50 years or a uh, hundred years because why well, I'm not gonna be alive and it's not gonna be up to me to sign it. So right now we have all the blame to take. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, we have already been drawn in a lot of debts yeah. and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. In, in the past, we used to rebel, we used to fight, we used, you know, okay, you can take over my, my, my city, you can take, like, people died for that. But right yeah. now, nobody's even willing to stand up and say, hey, you know, don't do this, don't sign these contracts. Most of the politicians, yeah. they just sign, because in the end, they're getting the most out of it, time for the payment, they're not gonna be there. A lot of them are like, 60 pushing 80 years old, 50 years from now, and unfortunately they're not gonna be there to take the responsibility. And it's gonna be up to the young generation to do that. Can I challenge that thought process real quick? So would you say, could you, could you argue, and before anybody gets on me, I'm not saying that this is my view or anything like this, this is just me bringing to the side. Would you, would you say that um, a lot of the political figures and political heads are doing it even though they know it's wrong because they're afraid that if they don't do it, that they'll have like some kind of embargo effect where like nobody wants to like trade with them or like they're just afraid that they won't be able to make some money. Do you think it comes from a place of like fear or like making sure that like if you don't do this, there won't be any kind of money and they're just trying to provide or something like that? Would you say it can come from a place like that or you or you're still like, mm -mm, nope, does not come or you believe that it doesn't come from that place? I mean, there's that side of the story. Um, mm -hmm. Number one, as I keep insisting, is that we're not putting our resources you have had throughout the story like into good use, like production-wise. So the government is not generating anything. So if they're not generating anything, they have to have any source of money to able to run the country. So the only way they do that is through the loans. If they don't have the loans, they're not going to be able to run the country. They're not going to be able to be in a position of power. Because how will you be a president if you cannot provide, let's say, even uh, salaries for your government people? So most of the loans coming 
they're paying the, the, the prime ministers, the governors and all that. If you look, the money they make is big banks compared to like what is actually being invested from those loans, right? And mm -hmm. also that is that, okay, you have people, even though like their president, they have been doing it, they're learning from other presidents. Oh, this country is doing like that. Let me do it the same way. So they get the money, the same thing, but the investment is also different. And then understanding the fact that if you're signing 50 years of payment and you're pushing 60, as I say, by that time, no, not many African presidents are going to live until they're 110 or whatever. They're going to be gone. And that moment, the time of payment comes, is going to fall on to the, the president who is going to be there. And then they end up scrambling because they said they left you 50, 20 billion dollars. In the end, we're gonna, if we're not able to actually start using the resources, African countries are gonna lose most of the important things that they own. Those ports, those um, mineral uh, areas, they're gonna be sold out because if the country cannot generate money to pay out all this loan, yes, we're, we're gonna be taken. But just give it 50, 100 years because most of the loans they're signing, that's the time frame they're giving them. Um, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this and then we could try to kind of wrap wrap it up uh, unless somebody else has a has a thought. Um, but I think uh, it comes from fear, uh, but not not the fear you talked about. Uh, I think fear of you know who's really in charge, you know, and what they're able to do to them, you know. Um, we obviously know who truly controls, <laughs> you know, each or the continents, you know, altogether, right? Um, you know, all the past colonial powers still own, you know, each respective country, right? Like you look at France, all those Francophone countries, France still owns those countries, right? Their presence is not physically there you know but they still own it they still dictate who should be in power you know what i mean you know so i think it's fear of um if i don't do you know what is being asked of me you know what i mean um the outcome for me <laughs> is only, you know there's only one outcome um and then well, also also i think um it comes down to greed um i think humans are greedy i think that's that's a that's a that's a natural trait um if if you show me like yo i could get a billion dollars right now just just for me me my family and you know i'll probably give a little bit to my staff and i, I don't got to worry about the rest of the country they get to take it right that's that's not that's not let's not act like you know you, I wouldn't, you would take the money you know this. I this this is. Listen, first off, hey, relax. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying you I, what I want to try to get is just like whatever you put value in yeah. is what class of I guess you can classify as like greed because like if you put value, if you because there will be some people that will turn away that money and will say tempting, but no, because that's not where their values like are and stuff like that. I, I look, I, I mean, there's there's not a lot, you know, there's not a lot of 
Um, I think it's just very pessimistic. Right, right. No, it's not. It's this is it's not pessimistic. Oh, no, this is this is the truth. A little pessimistic. No, a, a lot of you know. Um, I think, and I don't know him. I, I don't know his history very well. But I think Nelson Nelson Mandela would turn it down. Um, Kwame mm-hmm. Nkrumah would turn it down. You know what I'm saying? But please, Lumumba would turn it down. And, you know, I feel like you know those people. Yes. But a a regular African, they're not turning down the money, bro. This is this is how many how many Nelson Mandela's do you know in Africa <laughs> right now? Like, bro. But <laughs> you say you. No, they might exist, but do they get an opportunity to oh, even? That's that's Africa? my point. I was just saying that. Thank you, man. Right. They're there. There are many African. Right. Right, um, but they're not the ones that get they're gonna get that shot they, to get the money. The ones that get in the shot to get the money is who the colonial power has already. We had an argument. Money. I don't know what episode was it. I think we were like all fighting against AIDS. Listen, that was that was terrible. That part was hard. Uh, the argument was terrible. Because this um, is the truth. Sometimes <laughs> the truth is is it's you know, it's a hard pill to swallow. And this is the truth, right? Like a good hearted person is not gonna be in charge of an African nation. That's yeah. just, that's Are just we, a fact. Yeah, you know, um, let me say being sarcastic as Africans are prayerful, we can pray that the good people <laughs> in power. And, you know, we do believe we have it in, in ourselves. Africans yeah, I agree. Have, trust me, Africans are good. The only thing is that we have to just, you know, buckle up if it's fasting and praying because it looks. <laughs> It's no way, but like we have to do what we have to do. If it's the magic, we gotta do the magic. But we need actually put good people in power. So the moment we do that, Africa will flourish. And the only reason yeah. why it's not happening is because the West is scared of it happening. Yeah. So that's why they're trying the best not to see that come to pass. But as African, especially as young people, you guys are well enough responsible. Especially, like, I take the blame. Most of the time, as population, we're always waiting for other people to do it. Why yeah. can't it start with you? Why can't you be the Patrice Rumumba? Why can't you be the Julius Nyere? Why can't you be the Kwame Nkuma? Why? Why does it have uh, to can I, can I answer why? Why? I would love to hear this from Because I already have something to say to you as well about this. But go ahead. I'll tell you why, right? What is their result? What is their result right now? Exactly, they're dead. But why do you exactly? Need to wait for now? All right, let me let me let me pause you right there. Then, oh, I'm sorry, Benny. No, go ahead. I was gonna say. I mean, you. I feel like you can say the same thing about fighting for like for rights. About like what happens when you fight for rights? You know, every single time, either people are are getting like uh, arrested or like you know, it may not be the equivalent of like getting like uh, executed or killed or anything of that kind of nature. But like exa- uh, an example of like civil rights movements back in the like 1960s in America when people were trying to fight for like, you know, black Americans and black women and all that kind of stuff. But like people still fight for that nowadays for rights and stuff like that for, you know, of all people, even to this day, knowing that they know what will happen. So, I mean, okay. then again, like this, this is the West. So that's just kind of like my mindset because I grew up here. But, but, but regardless i mean i 
right, you can go ahead before. <laughs> All right, so before before we get too <laughs> before we get, I know we're gonna, I don't know how this goes. <laughs> It's gonna end up being me versus Benny and Luden. Let's let's not. let me let me just introduce yeah. one perspective before we end. Yeah, you've spoken of how I mean Luden has spoken of how people vote for uh, rights, especially the black or the people of color in, in, in the US, right? Mm-hmm. And how people are fighting today. I wanted to piggyback off of that point and talk about how Africa, since time immemorial, has been dependent on uh, on uh, loans and aid from foreign countries, right? So I believe that many African countries, and especially the youth, they're waking up to this fact that we are kept in this puppet puppet uh, um, type of position where we have puppeteers that want to take control. They wouldn't let us rise. So it's kind of like choosing which evil is lesser. I believe that's the notion or the ideology that Africans have come to accept, that we need to choose the evil to tolerate within our countries. Um, speaking of China, um, yeah, that we know that they're enslaving us. It's probably my own opinion, but I know that uh, there are very many African youth that I've had this conversation with. Most of us know that we are being enslaved, but at least we're seeing results, unlike the West, where um, we hear that billions of dollars are coming in every year, but we do not know where it goes. We do not see any results. So I believe we are kind of put in a position where we, ch- we have to choose the evil that is lesser. And I don't know if it's the case in Tanzania, if some people know that uh, they're in a position where, where they have to choose a lesser evil, or if it's um, ignorance that is still abundant within the African continent. Uh, I wouldn't say it's ignorance. And like, by the way, before I go on, I wanted to say, are you saying that uh, like this is modern slavery? I think that, uh, that is not doing justice to our forefathers because it happened to them like they were being forced but for us it's different like we know and like it's more of we have decided to take an easy way out we have we have we have opted we have, we have opted for an easy way out we could have we could go the hard way but uh, that's like that's uh that's that, that's why i'm thinking like this is is not going to change like not anytime soon because i think we have, we we have passed that this is uh, the stage of wanting to do it the hard way. For example, in China, who, uh, take into consideration China. In 1950s, 1950s, 1960s, China was just a normal country. It was just as as poor as Tanzania was at the time. Uh, I don't know, 50, 60 years later, look at where Ch- China is and look at where Tanzania is. So. And China took the hard way, and then Tanzania took the easy way, and yeah, now we are living in it. And I don't think there's a way we we can change it, unless, of course, uh, I'm reminded of this song, "African Unite." Maybe if you we unite, maybe. All right. Um, I should have brought my tinfoil hat for this, but (laughs) (laughs) I have this strong belief that. If we're in the at the mercy of let's say our our I mean our previous colonial masters, right? There's a good chance that a hundred years from now, or maybe they have currently, right? There's a good chance that at the moment they have um, systems or tactics in place to keep us down because they do not want a history that will turn against them. There's a good chance that we will be worse off under their rule, right? But under the rule of a country that's China, like China that is new to this game, right? That's probably using more modern manipulative or uh, different ways, a different approach compared to the previous ones, right? 
I believe uh, we we have we stand a better chance of rising up and standing against them so that the, the trade can be fair right now because they still they still don't have a stronghold against us. We've seen what happens when Africans stand up against the Western rule. We've seen what happened to uh, to Muammar Gaddafi, and he had so many great plans for Africa. And I believe most of you can attest to this. We've seen people that are very vocal against um, very vocal against. Uh, the Western rule or uh, policies that they tried to impose on us, uh, Robert Mugabe, how he was humiliated, how his country faced so many sanctions. So I believe that we are better off at the mercy of China, choosing a lesser evil. We need an ally at the end of the day, whether we like it or not. An ally mm -hmm. as in a country that's well off, a country that at least can have a voice. We cannot have a voice on our own. So I believe we're better off with a lesser evil. And that's why I, I mentioned that. Choosing a lesser evil. Help you. It's now up to us to at least rise up and um, educate ourselves, educate the masses, and try to see what could potentially happen if we do not, um, if we do not put up, uh, uh, let me say, shields against against China taking up any stronger hold within within the continent. Yeah, I guess the only thing that I, that I'll say like is being the biggest problem here, as you say. Yes, let's say China is being less evil, but we're also not getting rid of the OG evil person. I'll give an example of um, Nigeria, right? Nigeria is getting a lot of loans from China, right? But they also still have a strong hold from the British people, right? So it's just an addition. It's not like, you know what, we, we're, not, we're gonna choose the less evil and let's completely get rid of whatever we had. That way we can deal with that. This time is like an addition. It's like you having a problem and piling a problem on top of it. So it just makes the country, instead of progressing, actually continue to go down. Yes, we're seeing infrastructure, you know, we're seeing infrastructure, but those infrastructure most of the time who are making money out of it is the Chinese people who are coming and building it, you know, they'll leave the building itself. But when issues comes happens again, who are being called up again to come and, you know, repair that thing is the Chinese people still coming to repair. So it's still like, you know, we're not getting any better. We're just getting more problems and problems. Yes, there's, I, I'm not gonna be totally negative, I've seen like a little bit improvement, but we won't see a huge impact on the positive side of taking China, unless we're also getting rid of our original colonialism impacts, you know? Okay, so <laughs> I know we, we're gonna go back, back and forth, um, but- I decided to pity you, so. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> do we, I guess, do we want to see uh, or say, like, you know, what are some things that we can pro probably do? Because I know Amy also asked that question and we like completely, oh. nobody. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I know. We, we went, yeah, we, uh, we're, we went left. We're, we're gone from the original question. <laughs> That's okay. But um, I guess one, one last, one last thing. Um, I guess to, to what, uh, Malik was saying, um, like choosing the lesser evil. I'll be honest. Um, I agree with uh, 
what he was saying, right? Like, um, at least we're seeing, like, they're doing something, right? Like, in comparisons between, you know, what the, you know, the other colonizers were doing, you know? So it it makes, it does make sense. Um, yes, is the easy way out, but, you know, this easy way out is showing some results or lack thereof, you know, but it, we're going to get there. Um, also, uh, the, the, the country that's never really talked about as, you know, the real colonizer, uh, it's Canada. If you do your research on Canada, they're worse than China. At least China's up front with what they're doing. And, you know, you never hear about Canada, but the way they invest in South Africa is insane. Is uh, it's scary. Um, I feel bad for South Africa. Uh, you know, the diamonds, the mining that they got down there. Um, I'll just I just did a quick quick search. Um, so two way merchandise trade between Canada and South Africa totaled in two point one billion, consisting of three hundred and eighty two point five million in exports from Canada, and one point seven billion in imports from South Africa. You know, <laughs> you you do not you do not hear about you know Canada. They're very you know th that's the type of dangerous that we should be more worried about. You know what I mean? Like like the thief at night. Yes, the ones that are doing the work mm -hmm. behind. You know, hiding what they're doing. You know what I mean? Um, at least again, China's like meeting. You know they're they're doing the same thing, but at least they're you know they're doing it in front of everybody. You know what I mean? Uh, but Canada is the one to watch out for. I think between China and uh, Canada, Canada is definitely the one to watch out for. Um, again, I'm on Team Malik. I agree with what he said. Um, nobody's wrong. <laughs> Nobody is wrong. Every, everybody's opinion is valid. Um, but but yeah, uh, just to kind of wrap up everything um you know i felt like you know it was a very informative discussion um we talked talked a lot about the um the banking in uh in tanzania um the economic stance um we talked about modern day uh colonialism modern day slavery um i think those were like the the big three things no yeah yeah so Again, um, I really appreciate Ashley and Barke. Uh, I know, you know, the time difference is uh, it's a little bit tough. Again, just uh, to let everybody know um, how two beautiful guests there are currently, you know, in Tanzania. And also uh, Malik, who's, who's currently in Kenya. Um, so, you know, thank you guys so much for, you know, taking the time out today to come sit down with us and talk. So, again, um, We've reached the, uh, you know, the point in time of my favorite part of each episode, uh, song of the day. So I hope you've been thinking about that. But before we do that, I know Buddhan likes to talk about following us on social medias because I forget. Yes. <laughs> every our, the guy that started the whole thing forgets. <laughs> so our website is nextstopafrica.net. Our Instagram is official underscore nextstopafrica. Twitter underscore Next Stop Africa. And you can also find us on LinkedIn, Next Stop Africa.
Yes. So make sure you're, you know, you're following us, you're sharing, um, you're DMing us uh, possible topics that you want to hear. Um, again, the most important thing, please, you know, give us good ratings. Um, Spotify just started doing the, the rating system. So mm-hmm. five stars. Nothing less. Nothing less. <laughs> Otherwise, just keep it to yourself. We don't. We are not very much interested in that opinion. Um, no, I'm only joking. But uh, yeah, so song of the day is coming from Tanzania. Finally, um, we've made we've made our way to you know not naming Nigerian music. Um, song is called Bimbidika. Artist is Two Chief. Uh, also, I forgot to mention um, there was a plane crash recently. Yeah, in, in uh, Tanzania. Yes. Um, so, you know, RIP to, you know, all those lives that was lost. Um, very sad. So, so everybody, you know, try to stay safe. Uh, but yeah, uh, next episode, we're going to dive into, you know, Somalia. And, uh, you know, the drought situation that's going on over there. Um, but yeah, uh, until next time, though. Peace.